I'd show up every day, but some days, like, I hated her and I loved yeah. her all at the same time. Hey, I'm Lani Yamafuji, and I'm obsessed with philosophy and managing my mind through the unlimited stresses of taking care of aging parents. All emotions are welcome here. This is the Caregiving Philosophy Podcast. Well, thank you, Lonnie. My name's Melissa, and you can find me at theprosperousphotographer.com. That is my photography marketing website where I help photographers earn more money. But on Instagram, I am Wandering Missy, where you get to see all my uh, some of my thoughts about having a photography business. I love that. And, I love yeah, that. That's it. So that's tell me how you today. got into care. I don't even know your caregiving experience. I know bits and pieces, but I don't even know how you, what happened there. How did you even get into caregiving? Well, I, and again, I'm not sure what the exact definition of caregiving is. Um, it's something that I think actually in, in my past, my mom was a nurse and my in my younger years of like early jobs, I'd worked at a nursing home and I always enjoyed being around like old people you know i really mm -hmm. have a had a a passion for spending time with old people but that's outside of family obviously so that was just enjoying hearing their stories and having a soft spot or empathy for people as they get older and you know i'm not saying they're cast aside <laughs> but they seem mm -hmm. to be warehoused and don't have a lot of family that visits them and um, or people to talk to so as a teenager like i always enjoyed spending time with older people but it's a whole different story when it's your family. <laughs> so exactly. It's on a whole different life. <laughs> whole different um, which is story. probably why the nursing home doesn't have as many people visiting. It's uh, it's it's guests <laughs> or it's uh, it's residents because the you know I think there reaches a certain time in some people's life where families fed up with them or they just for whatever reason don't seem to have time for. So from a from a personal standpoint my caregiving was my mom well my dad was not sick he died suddenly so I really mm -hmm. didn't have to do any quote caretaking with him he'd been sick with different things and I'd help him you know throughout illnesses and stuff like that but it was not day-to-day -day and it wasn't taxing and it wasn't I didn't even have to drive him I think maybe once or twice to a doctor's appointment he was very independent so I didn't did not have experience with him but it was more my mother who was diagnosed with cancer I think it's now was that well it's pre-COVID. Everything <laughs> it's yeah. like that line in Everything the is, right? <laughs> yeah, it was like six months pre-COVID. She got a diagnosis. I was actually away. I was in Italy on a trip with my friends and my husband didn't want to tell me, but when he's like, Oh, your mother, when I got off the plane, he told me that she was in the hospital and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. In the end they found out she had like stage three uh uh cervical cancer. So anyway, it went fast. She got, she could have beaten it. And then that's another thing that was probably frustrating as I don't want to say I'm the caregiver because she was home for a little bit, but then it quickly progressed. She started on the chemo radiation. I was the one who brought her and picked her up and, you know, brought her home and made sure she had everything she needed. And she was doing that like five days a week for whatever the rotation of the chemo and radiation was. But she immediately just, you could tell she didn't have the will to live, which I knew she was depressed for years anyway, but it makes it even more frustrating because here's my flaw. And by the way, I'm thinking, it's yeah. like, why are we going through all of this? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> if, 
if the ultimate thing is you want to die anyway, why yeah. are we going through these procedures? Why are you putting yourself through, through chemo? And her and I, because of our relationship, the way we've always been, we're close, but that's how I would speak to her. Like, I don't understand why you're doing this. You know, like this is, anyway, it was very, it was frustrating. No, I think because she's Catholic and she felt like, you know, maybe it's unassisted suicide in a sense. If you, if your doctor's telling you that even though you have stage three or four cervical cancer, you can beat this. And going into one of her last surgeries, the surgeon said the chemo worked, you know, and the radiation worked like you're mm-hmm. cancer free and she still died. And I think it's because she chose, she, she made a decision that she, this was her way out. And it was very frustrating. So I think I'm digressing from caregiver. No, no that's exactly very, what I want to hear about. <laughs> it was extremely frustrating because I, she um, has always been a frustrating person for me to deal with. And I don't know. I felt like every day I'm racing to the hospital, racing to chemo, racing, you know, making sure she's okay, picking up. She, she then should drive one day, forget that I was picking up. Like there was a lot of confusion that was happening. She wasn't able to be doing these things. And then I'd find her like sitting on a curb somewhere. And it was just like, oh my God, like I'm here to take care of you, please. And then, you know, I think, okay, but then there's this independence that gets taken away. You know, even though technically you're allowed to, I'm sure, be doing certain things, it's not safe for these people who are sick. Like my mom, for example, like she's obviously in a weakened state and stuff like that. She shouldn't be driving. She shouldn't be doing this and she shouldn't be doing that. So now we're fighting over these silly things that, of course, let me pick you up and drive you. I'm here anyway. Like, And it was just my blood pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I found it. I hard in the sense I, I wanted to help her, but she didn't want to be helped. And then to watch somebody like give up like that was just really hard. And it was, it made me angry in a lot yeah. of ways, you know, very, very angry. And I don't know, but not as sad, like my sister took it a completely different way. And I was sad in the sense that I can't imagine feeling that way, like having, you know, two daughters, three granddaughters, and just be like, oh, well, you know, life's better not living (laughs) than Mm -hmm, enjoying the five of you. It's kind of like a slap in the face, you know. But I think once you accept that she didn't want to, she didn't want to live, you know, and and she went through the chemo, radiation, the surgeries, I think, because she felt she was supposed to do it. And, but then, you know, for us, though, we worship, well, I'll speak for myself, not as much all of us, but I, 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 and now like, I was there the whole way, you know, I was there seven <laughs> yeah. days a week, multiple times uh, a day. A I lot. was the one talking with the doctors. I was, and, you know, I lived a half hour away. So I would go home, pick my kids up from school, get them settled, go back. So it was a lot, you know, it becomes yeah. a, a lot, you know, going and the emotional strain because, it's not that I'm, I didn't sit there and think, God, mom, you're so selfish. Although she was a narcissist, so she was definitely selfish. But I was thinking a lot of times, like, she doesn't even realize, like, what, what she's putting me through. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm running around like, I say, an a-hole, mm-hmm. you know, running around like a maniac. And she doesn't even care. She does not even care. She would she would fight with me almost every time I came to the hospital, when I went to read. I'm like, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, you know, like, what is the point? And it sounds so cold sometimes when you look back and I'd show up every day, but some days, like, I hated her and I loved yeah. her all at the same time. You yeah. know, it's, it's oh, hard. Yeah. That sounds hard. <laughs> Definitely. Not to hard. mention the other people, you know, like, if you have siblings or whatever that factor in, you know, that are like, 
oh, poor me. You know, <laughs> like, poor you. <laughs> that on top you know? of like, it. Yeah. Yeah, they make they, they make it more about them, at least in, in my case. You know, my sister seemed to make it more about her than about my mother. Seemed to make your you know, mom's illness about her? In a sense, yeah, because, like, doesn't she know that? And, and But yet I can kind of understand a little bit. Like, doesn't she know that I have this, that, and I still have to go to work, and I have to do it? And, like, but mm-hmm. she's not asking you. And you do it if mm-hmm. you want to. Like, that's kind yeah. of my take, you know? Yeah, but, I definitely um, think you do it if you want to. So yeah, you, you wanted to, even it. though it was so hard. I did. I did want to, even though she frustrated me beyond belief. I can't <laughs> imagine, you know, not like, like, for example, I'm living in France now, right? I never would have done that. Never. If my mother was still alive, like in the sense I may have come for six months or come back, but I never, never would have left her. Like she, I guess because she did die, it gave me the freedom to do mm-hmm. these things, but I didn't look at it that like yeah i have my freedom so i'm not even sure why i'm bringing this up except that i, I would have been there for her uh if it was a 20 year illness whatever yeah you know? well i think that's true i mean it's it's weird to say out loud but you do wait around for these people to die because yeah i'm doing the same thing right now with my mom my and my two in-laws i mean we're not going to leave we're not going to go go to a different country even though we've dreamed of going to costa rica for 10 years we just like we'll just wait <laughs> it's yeah. like we're not going to leave now when they're so old they're all in their 80s oh exactly and it's almost like you know well you recently lost your dad so you you understand full well you don't know when the other foot's going to drop i mean uh, you know, some people, my grandmother on one side of my family lived to be like 95 and great yeah. house living at home. So, I mean, you, you don't know like you what, never know. what, uh, what's going to happen in it. And, and then maybe if you asked parents, they would say, maybe we would say this to our kids, just go live your life. And I get that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, you know, like there's just no way I would have, you know, left her you know, yeah. like high and dry, you know, of the siblings, you know, the right way. <laughs> <laughs> the one that was was going to take care of her was me. So. You always knew you were going to take care of her. You always thought you were going to. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I don't know. Um, like I said, I never had to make that choice with my dad. I don't know how he would have been. So that choice was easy. <laughs> there wasn't yeah. a choice. But with my mom, yeah, for sure. They they weren't married. You know, they were divorced forever. So they were both on their own. So for sure, I wasn't going to leave her, mm-hmm. you know. To, to deal whatever she had to deal with but it was quick you know it was only how long felt was like in a, it was like uh, maybe june to november so like that six what months. that's yeah. it oh my i mean God. i knew something was wrong with her for a long time but she would never go to the doctor i never yeah. expected it to be as bad as it was but then once you know it's a term pretty much yeah she could have beat it with the right attitude for a while i don't know how long but yeah, so it was like six months from like beginning to end. So when you're going through it, it seems yeah, like, it's, but for some eternity, people, it's, right? like, it's like 20 years, you know? So know. for me, six months is like, you know, this is weird. You would talk about it like this, but it was a breeze because it was six months. And I think back when, um, you know, that we've all known people who have, have spent, you know, 10, 15 years either on a ventilator or, you know, in some sort of, physical condition that they right. they're not going to die they're, or they're mentally fine but they're they're paralyzed in the neck down whatever the case is like there's so mm-hmm. many worse caregiving scenarios that right. i had it easy i mean we're you know it's like another terrible thing to say we're all going to lose 
that we're going to lose this person eventually anyway. So for me, it just happened faster than it does for right. other people. Yeah, I, I guess know, you can easier. look at it either way, either way. If you, one way could be easier and the other way could be easier. Cause I do think about my dad with dementia over 10 years that it was wow. easier. Actually, I think it was easier because I had so much time to let him go forever. It seemed like forever 10 years. I mean, yeah, let somebody go. So in the end, of course, I was already by far, far, far ready for it. It was no shock. But then they're still part of your life. And it's just so I don't know. I guess there's no. There's no um, no good way. No, <laughs> no good, good way. way. No but good you can, way. But you can think about it good. Like we think about both of our ways is good. So it's really yeah. all the thinking. Exactly. And I wish I could change the outcome or if it, you know, could have been yeah. a little bit different in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, I don't have those powers. But I think that. Um, well, is that how your relationship always was, though? Yeah, well, we we were very very close. Like I spoke to her every day. Usually, one like an hour conversation where I would be doing the dishes, ironing, like, you know, <laughs> making beds, doing my oh, housework. That's so, nice. Our conversations were so long every day, but we always had a bit of a like. I could always be honest with her if she was doing something that bothered me. I would tell her, and likewise, mm-hmm. and that led to arguments and stuff like that. But it was a very honest relationship, and you know, there was never a time, I guess. Oh, now I'm going to start crying. Like, I always knew she loved me, even though she was mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was going to be mean, but she, you never knew. You never didn't know she loved you. That's good. That's <laughs> nice. oh. In what way would yeah. she be mean? Well, I don't, she wasn't a happy person, and mm. she wouldn't mind telling you that you were the reason why she wasn't happy. So mm. I think a lot of the, well, a lot of the work that you know that I try to do for myself, you know, I think comes from that place. Oh, yeah. That's Maybe right. I had it too easy. Too had easy it too sense. easy. Doesn't sound like well, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, some people are caregiving for like generations of people yeah, and true. they've got, you know, you talk about that sandwich you've got your kids, you've got your parent, your aging parents and, you know, there's doctor visits and, um, you know, just really trying to keep tabs. And I only had to do that for six months, but, you know, there were times she was lying to her doctor and, you know, not interpreting what he said correctly. And she's a nurse, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there was no reason for this, except she Mm -hmm. decided to hear things that, that he wasn't saying to her and stuff like that. So, you know, having to play that role. If I had to do that for indefinite amount of time, I can't even imagine I'd have sanity because you're like, oh my God, like he just said this. Yeah. <laughs> you are <laughs> right. saying he said right. this. Right. And I could see it with anybody else, but with a <laughs> nurse, God. it's kind of hard to. Exactly. You know exactly what he's saying, you know, mm-hmm. and she just liked to. Anyway, it was, it was an interesting experience. Like if you could be an observer and look at it, like, oh my God, you know, this is, this is crazy. But I survived, and you know, you I survived. think you know when you. What yeah, happened? And she end? didn't. What happened? She, like, when, she, were you with her when she died? Uh, not well, that that night. I I knew, like, I knew. So she smoked. So the minute she stopped wanting cigarettes, like, and she was, you know, you could tell she was getting closer and closer. So she was in a rehab facility after she finished the last surgery. She stayed with us for a while. 
but it was just too much because I have no medical training and she literally couldn't get out of the bed. So we're doing, my husband and I like nurses aid, we're changing her, we're, you know, bathing her, we're putting her in diapers. Like we're doing the whole, the whole nine yards and I don't feel that we're qualified. Plus we have kids at home and stuff like that. So when she went back into the hospital for the last time, they, I had to plead with them, you know, in the hospital that she can't come home with me. Like she just can't, like, I can't take care of her. It's not fair. My kids are watching her die right in front of them. And I just can't do this. And then of course, you know, my mother hears this and she basically throws me out of her, you know, uh, hospital room and she's screaming at me and how, you know, she's never going to forgive me for this or whatever. But there was just no, no, she used to be director of nursing of a nursing home. So she knows full well, like how the whole nursing system works. So she ends up in this nursing home slash rehab facility. And it just went downhill. The minute she got there, it completely went downhill. And she was not despondent, but she, you know, really had not much to say to us anymore and kind of checked out. And then one of the last days I took her for, you know, a wheelchair ride around the facility and she didn't want a cigarette anymore. Like, yeah, that just told me. So I, I got the call. She, I got there before she died. So I left at like eight or nine o'clock and then at 2 a.m. or something, my, my phone rang and I knew that and they said, you better get here quick. And I think maybe my sister was able to get there. My, my husband and uh, my mother-in-law loved her. And I think by nine, she was dead. Very sad. Yeah, because she never said bye to any of us. She never said anything to us, even when she could speak. Mm -hmm. She never said "I love you." She never said anything to my sister. She was yeah. She had a lot of. She could have apologized to us for a lot of things. She never said anything to us. Never about our kids, about us. Nothing. So it was to have this person just leave you and you see these like deathbed scenes in mm -hmm. movies and stuff right. and, you know and even the whole week leading up to it she was coherent she could have said anything to us said nothing you know not thanks for helping not you know just mean and <laughs> so, it's kind of like i guess what we were used to but i like, think you just think this romantic idea is going to happen when somebody's dying that they're going to I don't know, say the things you want to hear them say or something's going to happen. So it didn't. And then she was mm. gone. So. Mm. Maybe it makes you think of what you want to do when you get to that stage. A good point. Yes. And I recently heard um, a friend of mine just lost their their dad. And I think they kind of knew within uh, something was wrong. I think he had cancer again. So his, his mind was there. Everything was fine. So the son encouraged him to write his memoir before he died while well, he still could. And he did it. And he said he's so grateful that he has that, you know, it's not a book or anything, but it's something that maybe something people don't tell you or, you know, something about your family history, whatever it is. I think that when people can leave something behind that you can share with everybody else, I think that's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice. Some sort of memoir or yeah. just do you something, do some something insight. like that. Possibly, I could see that. You know, I think that maybe writing something to my kids, to my husband, like while I can, you know, because of course I think your it kids happened. already know they lo <laughs> you love them. 
who knows but I, I do think of like writing a letter to each of them like well you know I remember seeing I don't know the name of the book sorry the name of the movie I think it's um uh, Ju- Julia Moore she gets Alzheimer's and she ends up I think writing I think what happens with obviously something like that dementia Alzheimer's mm-hmm. that you just don't know when you're going to cross over into that space where you think you're going to be able to tell people, you know, like your dad, I'm sure he lost the ability to tell you things. And um, so when, he, for example, if I found out, <laughs> you know, something was going to happen, that that's a great time to write something, but you could get hit by a bus. There could be yeah. a, an instance where you have no, control at all over like your situation of when you die so to to maybe take that time to to write to write not that i tell them all the time but i think it would be nice sometimes at least for me you know to write to write something to them at least from maybe this point in my life because who knows you know Mm -hmm. what happens down the road yeah did you and your sister have a different experience yeah like she she yeah definitely yeah. She took it more personal and, and like I said, blame my mother. Like, how dare she? And, you know, I don't know. It was very, very, it was like a weird, selfish approach to it and very different. Even though I didn't like the fact that my mother gave up, my sister blamed her. And I, I think I can see a little bit deeper than that. She was clearly someone who was unhappy and that cut her some slack versus like blaming her for taking something away from you i wish we could change the situation i wish we could have made her um happier and nicer but that's beyond what we can do we're just her daughters you know so we can only be us she has to be her and she's responsible for her so but i can't reverse that and like blame her you know what i mean and i think my sister really is Mm. still and still will text me saying i can't believe you know, oh. and like these like very selfish things about my mother. I can't believe she would do that. I can't believe this and that. It's gone. It's over. It's like, oh, I wish it was different. It lasts, it lasts so much longer years yeah. later. Gotta let it go. And she'll text me, we're orphans. We're orphans. Mm. She'll just text me on it. It won't text me. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, how are the kids? <laughs> you know, like, Instead of hi, within, we're yeah. orphans. <laughs> Nothing. Just. We're orphans with a cry face. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what you're fifty something years old. Like, oh my God. You know. <laughs> so it's interesting. Uh, She's, and that's funny because and not to keep going, but um when you think of emotional childhood and you think about how um She's still like, she's five years old, you know, and mm. it's almost like mom left me, you know, or something along those yeah. lines. Like you wish she, you know, like she's a child and she, I think still wishes she had her parents to protect her a little bit. You know, I think mm. that might be at the root, but here I am. I'm psychoanalyzing my sister. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> That's what we do. That's what I do to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have so a whole other recording about just oh, our that's, sisters. <laughs> that's a whole other one because clearly I think that plays into exactly who she is. The fact that they were her caretakers. <laughs> yeah. Like did, yeah. To a little too late in life. <laughs> so she probably is a little lost without them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. I think that was my whole sister and brother's problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Financially and emotionally. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we were both driving yesterday from, we were driving from the south to the north, so it was like an eight-hour drive. And my husband had one car, and I had, or well, he had the van, and I had a car. 
and I left a note for my daughter. I didn't even tell her. And it wasn't even a note like like, like I'm talking about now, but it was like, what happens if we don't come back? Like if we got killed in a car accident or something, you know, yeah. I don't normally think like that, but I'm like, here they are. Like, what would they do? You know, here they are sitting in this new apartment and something could happen. Right. <laughs> I don't exactly. plan on it. But. I think it's really important for parents to let their kids know what should be done. I mean, not just our age, but when they get older, especially, you know, you're going to die sometime soon. And some people don't prepare, like they don't want to think about they're going to die. They don't want to think about death. So they don't want to do anything. And so well, I agree. think yeah. that so makes it so much harder for the it's so people that are left. Not to do that, not to do that. Yeah. And that, that's a good point because, okay, my mother, because she worked in a nursing home forever and understood how it worked, she had everything spelled out. Like, look, this is what happened. Please do not resuscitate. Like, she knew all the things that can keep you on a ventilator for life. You know what I mean? Do not do any of this stuff. And nothing unnecessary. And then, of course, her finances, everything was in order. She had everything wrapped and ready to go. You know, there was nothing to, to even think about. My dad, well, I guess he thought he's never going to die. Like, he, <laughs> he had two have like telling him please can you do no no i don't believe in wills okay yeah when he dies unexpectedly and my sister and i have to go into his apartment start digging through everything oh, to find bank gosh. accounts to find retirement to contact his previous employer to deal with social security then you have to go to probate court you have to do all of this stuff and when you have houses involved and money and it's like are you kidding me like you're gonna die it doesn't just because you sign a will or have a you know we have a trust like that we did years ago and now i probably should update it because my daughter's 19 and you know mm -hmm. she was probably like 10 when i did it you know update it because she's an adult but it's irresponsible everyone's yeah. gonna die and 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 i think he had some weird way of dealing with finances and, and stuff like that like nobody lives forever so it's just a responsible thing to do we can't take we're not going to take your house or something because we have the power of attorney when you die right. you know i know <laughs> like, i know so i don't understand it at all my in-laws i know i asked my husband what's up with what's going to go on with my in-laws i mean they're in their 80s mm -hmm. he's like i don't know I don't know who's going to take care of anything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, should we talk to him? He's like, well, we could. But then later it's like, nah. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> we'll just it find out that, then. This <laughs> is like an old school American mentality. Like, I don't, I don't even get it. I don't get it. That's exactly how my dad was. Would not speak about it. And would not sign. You know, nothing. Nothing. Like this doesn't just magically fix itself when you're gone. You know right. what I mean? Like there's a lot to undo. And then we learned, you know, my sister and I were learned a lot. Well, exactly. I'm lucky because my had 10 years to prepare all this stuff that was, that's why the dementia to me was a gift. Cause I've had so much time to find all the accounts, which were all over the place, all, you know, missing, and you don't know what's happening, exactly what you were describing. Sell the houses, the extra houses is like, okay, where do we, how do we do this, find this and that. Mm -hmm. So I've had the time, which I thought was very, very good for me. You no, know, that is good. I mean, it's good, but it's also good for your, your, your family's legacy too. And I think that's the piece, like my dad was missing, like, 
this disturbs nobody by you acting like a, a two-year-old and I hate right. to say that but you know I tend to talk to my parents pretty honestly, like that. <laughs> honest you know, that's like, honesty that's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that probably yeah and <laughs> who knows where that led but the idea that this doesn't help anyone and and everything you worked for your whole life now we have to piece together like I mean right. it, it just it just makes it makes zero sense you know to, totally. to me you should have made it easier on, um, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm not saying it was so hard, but yeah, you have to lawyers and meetings and yeah. going through every single piece of paper. He wasn't a very organized person. So it's a lot of time and you're like reliving everything at the same time. It's like, Oh my God, if you just, then, you know, like I said, any of my mother who basically had everything organized in a yeah. little box with everything, like, here you go. And, um, made it, of course, much easier to is. not have to bring lawyers in and stuff like that. Right, she had a lot I, less, but even still, even if she had a lot, of, she would have done it the same way. Yeah, I know. I Before my trip, my husband and I want to make sure we have everything written down, all the accounts and everything. So just in case. So yeah. I think it's like, wonder, wonder if idea. we don't know about all my dad, dad's accounts. You know right. what I mean? It's not like I still don't know if I, you call. I know. Exactly. I've <clears> had <throat> companies like, I see you have this money over here in this other state. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if do. this is a scam <laughs> or if there's, but uh, there's cause you never know because everything's a scam nowadays. So you can't trust anybody. <laughs> no, exactly. And once somebody dies, it's, I mean, it's shocking how many people come out of the woodwork with like, oh, can yeah. I buy your house? And right. does he also have a house in Mesa? I'm like, like Mesa, Arizona, yeah. like no, I mean, it's obviously somebody with the same name, but the fact that that goes into the paper when you're in probate, so now everybody knows somebody died, which is obviously why they do it. So many debtors or people can come come looking for you. But it also opens up a can of worm to these other people that can start trying to, you know, weasel their way in <laughs> and totally. make you think something that's not, you know, necessarily accurate. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting <laughs> It's funny. And, and all the while, while you're under stress and uh, sad and everything else that's happening right. <laughs> at the same I know. time. So, I know. so to your point, to make it easier on the kids, just so that they don't have to go through every piece of paper you've ever had, that they ha don't have to find, figure the puzzle out on their own. I mean, I think it's just something that parents should do. Being organized is not a bad thing. That's not Especially a bad thing. Especially when it comes to death. <laughs> no one's gotten out of here alive yet. No, so I think no. that we can all, it's 100% certain we're not yeah, going to live so at some point. That's <laughs> true. Make it easier on us survive. It's one, one, one thing that's certain. Oh, Is there okay. a philosophy quote you live by? <laughs> well, there's two. <laughs> yeah. There's two that I... So, like quasi live by, I guess. And one is from Gandhi that is live as if you were to die tomorrow, learn oh, yeah. as if you were to live forever, which I think is a pretty um, known quote. So, yeah, anyway, I like that's, that one. I like that a lot. And then I think something that is more my day to day life or my life for the past, not 54 years, but probably since I was 18 is something more actually maybe even longer than 18 i don't know it seems to suit me for most of my life <laughs> it's uh it is okay to live a life others do not understand and that is by someone named jenna wagonich i don't mm. know i don't know who she is yeah, I should but probably that's look a good her up quote. 
Yeah, yeah I like that quote. Yeah. It kind of covers a lot of, uh, it's not mysterious, <laughs> this mysterious person or something, but I make a lot of <laughs> I make a lot of decisions that people question because I don't seem to follow a linear path, you know, that the check all the boxes the way I think a lot of people that I live, you know, that are in my family and that I live amongst, you know, don't understand. Yeah. Well, that's good because you take more risks than most people. I think that's why you are willing to try things that other people aren't willing to. And I think that's one of your great qualities. <laughs> maybe a strength and I don't know maybe maybe it's a weakness too. <laughs> I haven't quite figured that out no yet. <laughs> I think that's a good one definitely good right. but you know what's so important last last comment for me that everyone has a different experience it's like childbirth right no two people can tell the exact same story and I think being a caregiver and having you know parents that that or whether it's a sibling, whoever you're taking care of, I mean, it's, there's no two people have the exact same path. So I think some, the service you offer and having someone to speak to like you that can understand is uh, invaluable, definitely invaluable. It's something that I wish I would have had or had thought to speak to somebody while I was going through it, it would have been a huge help. So oh, glad I found you, you now. Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you for you. your friendship. Thank you. It's so good. If you want to know everything about managing your emotions and having inner peace, you've got to get Free Will, the newsletter that shows you how to get through all the caregiving challenges. It's at caregivingphilosophy.com forward slash free will. Go grab it now.